Theology Thursday. You love this. You love this day. If you tune into this day, it's because you are a two-age sojourner theologian. Oh my goodness, mm. I have no idea what I'm doing on this. No. <laughs> it's all right, bro. Just roll with it. It's good. All right. Isn't that nice? Dun, 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 oh, so good. Love that's that nothing how it's <laughs> nothing else. Right, let's hear your version. You just did a little arpeggio. I can't remember how it goes, but I know it doesn't go like that. It totally does. <laughs> it's like an old video game or something. <laughs> it's like well, Mario Bros. or something. That's why I chose it. It had this pixel nostalgia questy vibe, you know? I still think you should give my crack. You should, you should yours have, is, have yours my is like, I know what yours is like, bro. I know what yours is like. Pop. Yeah, it's good. It's like a pop no, boogie. It's not pop. It's not, it's not a pop boogie. It's like a, it's like, it's it's like like a, a deep a, funk. It's like a, deep like funk a jazz. white boy Dr. Dre thing. This is. Yeah, well, that's a good diamond white dre, so that is technically correct. Yeah, well, that's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like don't don't get into your neo-Marxism. I'm, your like, I'm happy. Politics. We just got to keep it classy. It's a theological thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, one time. we are reformed after all. You know. Yeah, let's not forget it. Yeah, isn't the reformed faith grand, Andre? It is. It is grand. It is grand. Do you know I'm said totally going to try and say that on my deathbed. Yeah, I'm, yeah. It was Gresham Mason yeah. to Warfield. Wow, he loved it. He totally loved everything oh. about it. He loved the old boys club. He loved the whole, like it was debate society on steroids. A group of fellas in a room smoking tobacco. Oh, he just loved it, man. I got the whole vibe. That oldie worldly vibe. Have you read uh, Theology of My Life by John Frame? No. Have you seen it? Or? Never even heard of it. I think it's fairly recent. Um, but, man, he uh, it's just a – I'm surprised. I started off thinking, oh, here we go, John Frame, you know. And um, mm-hmm. he's like, well, I'm getting old, and these are the things I've done wrong. just want to say sorry for all these things, you know. He just starts railing on. Oh. And, and then he's just like – Here's what I wish I would have done better, you know. Here's, here's what I think my life has meant thus far. You know, this is why, what I think has shaped me. You know, it just tells his whole life story. Super casual. Um, bro, it is, I hate to say it, but it's That just, sounds heavy. It's very, very good. It's like, it, I, I was like, I, I just felt like I was containing, I was going to do the, the Joseph weep, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know like it was not going to be pretty it that's just, interesting so that's why it's theology of my life because it's, yeah. it's the, the theological significance of his life it was just like like augustine you know confession stuff it was freaking epic and and the thing is like i'm so glad he did it too because i've always known john frame for kind of a nuanced um hyper philosophical kind of show a whole spectrum of things 
um, you know, never, you know, just think very poetrous on the spiritual gifts or, you know, just that whole way they approach things and they just to break it into this million different nuances and very ironic. And, you know, he's just a very personable theologian, you know, uh, amazing. So it's kind of an autobiography that he writes, but <clears throat> it's, um, yeah, I'm not finished at all, but wow, we, it's just good. It's cool. Yeah. It's good to know. I like reading, I like reading books like that. Yeah. Cause it does help you to, to begin to think about your own life. Yeah. Um, I remember one sermon, um, I don't know, but it was somebody told me about a sermon they heard where it was just asking, you know, the simple question of what am I going to say at your funeral? Mm. You know, it's like a, a very profound sort of pastoral plea from the pastor to his people. You know, yeah. I think he had just done a funeral of someone that had really kind of wasted their life. And I think, he, yeah, something like that. It was something that prompted him to like almost kind of with tears plead with his congregation and say, what am I going to say at your funeral? Mm. And it's very Ecclesiastes, isn't it? You know, you've mm, got to exactly. you've got to view your life. There's wisdom in the house of mourning. There's exactly. wisdom in saying, yeah. you know, um, rather, than, rather than kind of having a good time at the pub, actually you do need that sobering up of death every now and again to say, what is my life for? What am I doing with it? Mm, totally. I mean, and you can you can understand like it would be a very sensitive thing to write something like this, knowing that someone might not publish it, or you know, it, it, you're opening yourself right up at the end of who your. Did, who did publish it? That is a good question. I have no idea. Um, let me figure this out quick. I'll check that out in a second. I just don't want to lo- lose my place here. But have you? One of the persons that wrote the forward is Andrea Sue Peterson. Have you heard of her before? No. Uh, she writes articles for some magazine. I can't even remember what it was. I've never heard of her before this time, but she said this. Um, mm-hmm. And this struck me. This is crazy. Because, you know, Frame's big thing has been going, just chilling out Gresham's, uh, Gresham Mason's uh, warrior children. You know that whole thing? No. Like, basically, he was just this warrior against liberalism. And, yeah. <clears throat> and he sort of... Sp- started the Westminster thing, came out of Princeton and yeah. basically began an ethos within, and I, I think this is such a good point, began an ethos within Westminster that was extremely, you know, uh, just, what is the word? Um, just very, very good at calling out error and mm-hmm. um, very scholarly in doing so and just totally passionate in the process and just exactly what he did against liberalism. That ethos yeah. continued and just... the complete antithesis you're either right or you're wrong it's reformed or it's Mm -hmm. nothing you know and Mm -hmm. um and and let's just take you on about every jot and tittle but the problem is Mm -hmm. you only get so many things to fight a a fight you know outside of the ranks and then then you turn in inwards and that's right it becomes polemical yeah because as soon as the shifts to polemics then it's like you know in polemics in the intramural reform sense you know it it just um it, it, all of a sudden we're eating each other alive, you know, and it's just, yeah, that's the yeah. whole thing. And, um, and so, you know, one thing I've always, and this is not just recent, but always appreciated by frame is that he's always just wanted to bring, he wanted to be the, the um, devil's advocate, so to speak, or, you know, yeah. he wanted to play that part just to kind of, just to, just to get them to come off their high horses a little bit and just not be so, um, sure of themselves at every turn 
and just stand for the little guy, so to speak. You know, I've just always resonated yeah. with that. I remember looking at his um, regulative principle stuff. And, and even though I, I ended up not really agreeing with a lot of what he said, I really appreciated what he was doing. And I feel the, the same yeah. need to do that kind of thing. Anyway, so what, what he said, what this, um, this lady who sat under his ministry said, um, just talking about the, the kind of way in which that debate club thing kind of can go really gross really quickly. He says, yeah. when f- uh, she says, when first love dies, Christianity doesn't go away. It becomes Western theology. <laughs> yeah. Wow. To, to be specific, it morphs into a delight in systems and controversies and subtle semantic distinctions. Not able to bear the truth of an emptiness at the core, we surround that empty core with little projects and academic hobbies. Oh, so true, isn't that it? It's just brutal. It's so true. And uh, do you know what? It, it's really because I just read um, an article about Warfield yesterday mm-hmm. uh, um, on the kind of how systematic theology is essential to preaching. Right. Um, and he was saying, he was saying, in some sense, not the exact opposite, but he was saying that, you know, people tend, it's like, it's like there are these, these two extremes, aren't there? Mm. And you get this in so many different areas of, of Christian life, you know, because Warfield's point was some people shy away from any kind of systematics, any dogmatic formulation because it smacks of formula, formalism. Mm-hmm. So for them, like anything is just that outward cold orthodoxy without any zeal for the Lord, without that first love, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, but it can go the other way too. You can have cold orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I, 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 but it just it just occurs to me that actually the Christian life is constantly navigating between these kinds of things, and it probably in our own lifetime, mm. even as individuals, we'll we'll swing on that pendulum quite mm. a lot. Totally. You know, we'll we'll go into an almost cold orthodoxy all the way through to a kind of almost romanticism, or a, mm. you know, just mm. a, putting all the emphasis on love and experience, and mm. like, and I find myself doing this about just the way I engage with doctrinal error. Mm. You know, sometimes I'm I'm like, oh, you know, we're all Christians, can we just get along? And then, mm. uh, you know, another moment I find myself getting seriously worked up about something um, that that isn't all that significant, you mm. know. And so, I think, well, why do I do that? Why do I swing from one thing to the other? Yeah. And it's just, um, it's crazy. And I, I think the, my bottom line conclusion from this is that if any of us are going to be saved, it's going to be by the grace of God, isn't yeah. it? Because like. Yeah. Like we're just this it's just so difficult to navigate through all these different nuances. And mm. unless God is doing this for us, I don't see what hope we have. Yeah. And the good news is I think God is doing it for yeah. us. So, so we have hope. That's why that's why the reformed faith is grand. Yeah. And also, you know, thinking about church history makes the same point. I, yeah, totally. I struggle to get even caught away through a church history, you know, any overview of anything. And you just like, oh boy. You know, yeah. I mean, what yeah, yeah. a mess! Yeah. What a mess! Even the best way—I mean, you try and spin it any way you can. Uh, even no, within, no, no. just let's just go with reformed history. <laughs> you know, let's try and keep it in the in the ranks. And ah, oh, I mean, it's just—it's such a mess. And it's like everyone disagrees with everyone. And yeah, yeah. it's crazy. And, and you know, truly, I mean, if if you come out of those sorts of things, um, unmoved. You know, there's there's something you need to go reread it. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, 
I mean, oh, yeah. What was I reading about the other day? And I was, because yeah, that the other thing that occurs to me reading about about uh, you know church history and about the guys who fall on the wrong side of the debates, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is that very often, almost all of the time, the guys who made the most significant impact, and and this is true all the way from, you know, the guys who were condemned at the Council of Nicaea, you mm-hmm. know, over. Trinitarian stuff, mm-hmm. um, all the way through to, um, you know, your kind of liberals like mm-hmm. Schleiermacher, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the, the 18th century. And you kind of feel like all the way through, these guys genuinely thought they were helping the church. Yeah. You know, they genuinely believed that they were going to rescue, like Schleiermacher believed he was going to rescue the church from like what he was doing was, was a right and helpful impetus. And like, you go to like different philosophers, like John Locke, you know, who ended up destroying the church, but, but he set out to try and help the church. Like he was serving the church, you know, and Mm. it was just, um, his ideas would later be used and, and to, to bring about, you know, historical criticism. But like, it's just, um, it's, I, I do have a degree of sympathy for that because, you know, I think heresy is heresy. You you have every reason to know better. You should know better. You shouldn't, you know, contradict the divinity of Jesus and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from those extreme cases, there's a lot of things where you think, okay, I can see what they were trying to do. Mm. And they were just men of their times. Mm. Um and it's quite hard. It's hard to think that actually how how wrong they fell on that on that yeah, one. Totally. But it makes you it, it sobers you up. You yeah. realize that you're you're also a man of your times, um, yeah. and and you are. I mean, in what ways is the you know reading back on on this century mm-hmm. in five hundred years time? Mm-hmm. What are people going to be saying about how the church and its theologians were just being swept along by the philosophy of the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you ever we, thought about I, that? I have. I do often. And the worst part about it is you, I just have no idea. I'm that blind. Yeah, that, well, that's the thing. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. You can take some stabs. I was preaching to like, Corinthians. Yeah. Yeah. And Corinthians is all about, right, Corinth is being swept away by the Corinthian culture. They're not mm. thinking like Christians. They're thinking like Corinth, right? Mm. And, and um and so I'm preaching through this and I'm thinking, guys, what are the ways in which our culture affects us? But like, you know, you can give a few pointers, a few obvious examples, you know, mm-hmm. the, and most of it is to do with gender and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, true. Um, but those are only just surface symptoms yeah. of the deeper philosophical things that are going on. Yeah, and it's so, crazy because even where you sort of identify, all right, well, postmodernism, yeah, and, you know, sexuality issues there, you know, you try and tackle them in such a way that you think, okay, well, we're actually doing a good thing here in that we're learning from postmodernism not to be overly dogmatic on these issues and blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. we're learning from these things not to, to you know, just uh, tackle this in a kind of primitive way. And then, you, yeah. yeah, it does cause a little bit of self-doubt in that you're thinking, well, you know, maybe we are. in Even in that reasoning process, you know, we've already fallen prey to the, the drift of the age. You know, yeah. um, and yet, you know, it's almost intolerable for us to think of a a return to any other kind of mindset, you know, because mm-hmm. that would be mm-hmm. to go against everything we know, which is the problem with that kind of worldview level of pressure upon you, whatever age you're looking at. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy thing. Grace of God, literally, Grace all of God. the way. So, 
So bring it back home. Mm. What would you say are the, you know, if you had to write your own theology of your life mm. as it stands, what are your, what's like your biggest regret? Uh, you, the, you know, the things that you think are most significant about your life. Whew. Wow. Dude, you're asking for everything, yeah. aren't you? Dude, would you like my head on a platter, bro? <laughs> Do you remember when I made you that little sculpture of like this reggae? I made a Bob Marley bust for Mike in my art class once, and I was so proud to give it to him because I thought I'd done a pretty good job. And I handed it to Mike, and his response was, why are you giving me Jesus' head on a platter? <laughs> wow. I had not thought about that? that even once until you've just mentioned it right now. And <laughs> that was, was super trippy because I wasn't a Christian I, yet. I, no. So, I was like, it's not. It's it's Bob Marley. <laughs> I mean, oh, I knew crushed. you were low down and, and twisted, but I was like, dude, this is just, this is crossing some line. No, Mike, we never crossed those lines. Dude, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you can start no, with your regrets. Go. Oh, no, well, I'll tell you what I will say is that yeah. um, I do still get moments of serious existential angst mm -hmm. you know i don't know if this happens to you but like sometimes i'll seriously like almost start hyperventilating but like what am i doing with my life you know mm -hmm. and it's crazy um i guess you know and i've always sort of comforted myself by thinking of the guys who who we look back on uh, mm. like your Luthers and your Knoxes, and they all, all of them without fail at the end of their life said, you know, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm an unworthy seven, mm. you know? Mm, totally. um, and I guess that's, that's, that's one area of comfort, but it mm. is also like, I really found Ecclesiastes very helpful mm. uh, for thinking about this. That is in the sense of your life is a vapor. That's mm -hmm. as true, you know, under the sun, that is, your life is a vapor. So your life in this world is smoke. It's mm -hmm. a puff and then it's gone. Mm -hmm. And it is hubris to think that you are going to create some sort of eternal impact in this life now, because mm -hmm. everything in this life now is smoke, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, and you just seek to be faithful and as often as you can. But I do, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I do. I don't have any sort of major life decision regrets, but I do think that if I could go back, I would have been more diligent mm. um, in different areas. So I would have I would have paid attention to languages. Oh. I would have devoted myself to theology early on, mm. so that now I wouldn't have to devote as much time to that, and mm. I could devote more time to actually doing ministry. Some output, so yeah. Exactly. So mm -hmm. if I had, if I had been super diligent at those times when I was studying, then I could be um, giving more time to output earlier on. I guess that's a big thing. Mm. Um, mm. But also, just you know, uh, forgetting that you can do no worse than to invest in people. Mm. You know, just relationships, whether it's friendships and family, all the way through to just the people in the church, just, you know, giving time to people is mm. something I wish I'd done more of. But mm. yeah. Totally. Wow. 
languages, man. Like I just every I was actually talking about it this weekend. I yeah, I took Latin. I did Latin at school. I know. And I dropped it for cosa. <laughs> you dropped it for cosa. I can I can still write an essay in cosa, bro. I can still. Dude, but if if you if you went back to South Africa now though. Yeah. I would I I think that would be wise. It's just cuz you left South Africa that that seems silly. Well, no. I mean even a bit like Latin though. I would have had, I mean you write essays in Latin by the time you get to matric. You know? That would have been yeah. very cool. I would have liked to have carried on. I enjoyed Latin too. It was like one of my favorite subjects. This is the pressure yeah. of like, well, what if you meet someone, you know, and he strikes up a conversation in a local language, you know, versus yeah. a dead language. And, oh, man. So, yeah, it's kind of a very well, superficial they regret. before I started. So, yeah. you, you were like the last year to do that. We Latin, were the last year. You? Exactly. So, yeah, that, that really, I mean, it's a super superficial one, but it's just kind of, just thinking about that, yeah, I'm like, oh, dude, please just <laughs> don't don't drop mm. Latin for Cosa. Oh, well, anyways, it's done. Yeah. Now I'm in New Zealand yeah. with all my Cosa skills. <laughs> I did Cosa as well, but I had no choice. Goodbye, Gamalako. Oh, no, hang on. I dropped, I dropped Cosa for art. I don't regret that. No, that's a goodie. Well, good job. Yeah. Yeah, art, art, art was a goodie. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I don't know, man. You know, to be honest, when I think about this sort of thing, I just, I, um, yeah, it was interesting because on this retreat, we were asked to do a little bit of self-reflection. And um, when mm. I get to the ministry, ministry part of my life, you know, because obviously everything's just a mess until Jesus comes into it. And um, and then I get some level of, of normality and just, just purpose and stuff. But um you know, I think at that point, it's just, yeah, I've never really moved past the whole crazy mess phase, you know, like it's just mm -hmm. every step by the grace of God thing, you know, and, 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 and in some ways, I mean, obviously, the more I get into understanding what the Christian life is about, I'm, I'm happy with that. I think that, you know, you never really want to move past that point. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's, it's, you know, you just realize, again, like, hearing people that, um, have, you know, John Frame, for example, I mean, wow, just hearing his story, he was like this crazy nerd at school, got beat up and, you know, just absolutely sucked right. at every sport imaginable and just, you know, and then threw him into the box and blah, blah, blah. And you just realize yeah. that God's tapered everyone's story. Um, and yeah. it means, it means ultimately in a very real way that, you know, I'm never going to be a John, John Frame or, you know, John Frame is not going to be another guy. And, and, and the bottom line there is that it's it that's okay. It's just that you you want to number one understand that the battle is fought at different levels. You know, everyone's mm -hmm. you know everyone's being called to a certain post, and the post has dignity because God has created this thing for His war, so to speak. And um, it's not that you know, it, as a good soldier, you don't want to try and usurp someone else's post. You want to be faithful to yours. And realizing mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. dignity available in that, I think that's the constant sort of battle for me to remember and, and, and keep in mind. Uh, not like I really struggle with that, but it's just a it's it's just like a, a thing to to help you get up every day and do what it is. Because as you said, it's just so quick, and then it's over. Yeah. And I, I have a real sense of that as well. That's something that I feel very lucid about. Um, I don't know if it's because mm -hmm. of the drugs thing. I don't know, but but basically. You know, just just very. I mean, every night I'll wake up and go, "Oh, this is probably very close to to the, one of the last nights." You know, I feel that all the time, 
And um, and so it's just a matter of going, okay, well, that puts everything in perspective because the only reason you are where you are is because God put you there and he's going to take you home real soon. And just that kind of thought makes you feel like you just want to, all right, well, what's available to me right now? Where can I work hard mm-hmm. right now? And that's good. And I, I suppose I regret not thinking that more and more constantly because yeah. I think that's a good thought. And and then the other thing I was going to say there is that not just that the battle is fought at, at, at um you know, at, at every level, but that every, every you know, po- the foot soldier and the general are both in the war and both have uh, a very important function. It's the body thing that Paul talks about, you know, are all, mm-hmm. you know, you just got to know, hey, if I'm a finger, that's awesome, you know, do your, fi- yeah. do your yeah. thing well, you know, and I suppose that sort of comes around to the same truth there. But yeah, it's just those things tend to be very encouraging to me. And I feel like my worst times are when I forget that. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I can imagine at my end of my life going, ah, wish I'd remembered that more. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. But all all good. I mean, you know, just a... How do you recommend the book so far? I mean, like, I hope I'm not recommending it. Maybe he goes rogue at the end. I don't know. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, go check that book out. It was only like 10 bucks on Kindle. Who who published it? Let's Let's find that out. Because that last book got published by like... Whitfield, which is really, really weird. Um, Cascade Books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know them? It's a fairly, it's a major publisher. Is it Cascade? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's it's kind of like Hotter and Staunton-esque, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. All I know is published a lot of books, this dude. Wow. Yeah. Um, Man. Try you know you know try and say whoop and stuck. Yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, that that's a, no, no. It's like I'm saying not try. it's like as if you know like try to say sly marker. <laughs> Schleier marker. No, no, sly marker. <laughs> sly marker. And then, and Who's then, sly marker? And I then, only know and then say sly marker. <laughs> 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 It's like whip and stuck and whip and stuck. Yeah. Schleimer. Schleim. Or like or like Leicester and Leicester. Oof. It's like Do you I have do, Worcester sauce or do you have Worcestershire sauce? Is it Adiaphora or Adaphora? <laughs> <laughs> oh my things are descending into madness now. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, it's hard to say shit. <laughs> uh, what are we talking it's, about? <laughs> it's hard to say Schleimacher with a straight face. Why are we even recording? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's Schleimacher. It sounds like Schleimacher with like by a drunk guy who went to who went to Mation's bar. And had too much whiskey talking about theology. Yeah, he went in he, going Schleimacher. He <laughs> came out going Schleimacher. Schleimacher. Is that who? Who names the kid Gresham? Gresham Mason. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what were you thinking? 
It's like, it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. Surely they must have had other options. Did they not, did they not, did they not right. sort of, you know, create a list and, I don't know. Gresham Like we went through a painstaking process sounding out our kids' names, you know, which one sounded the best. Gresham uh. Mason walked into a bar and said to Slammarker, <laughs> <laughs> isn't the reformed faith grand and at the end of the night they walked out of their bar it was like see you later Schleimacher <laughs> oh boy alrighty but then again there we yeah. go we all need a little comic relief that was a heavy episode man I just wanted to bring it up you know Whew. yeah Good work. Sobered, sobered me out for the day. I'm going to question my, my decisions about how I spend the day all oh, day now. Good job. What are you going to call this episode? That's what I want to know. Oh, uh, the theology of my life. There you go. Boom. All right. Boom. Boom.